I think people just need to understand how much power, like despite, you know, what the external world or what your boss or parents or whatever might be telling you, you have so much more power to reorganize, you know, your life and like take the reins a little than you might think at first. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but are you going to not try, you know, just because like it's hard to juggle a side hustle and and a full-time job for a couple of years, for example? Hi and welcome to The Passion PT. I'm Dan Brophy, a creative wellness coach, motivational speaker and pop culture vulture. I'm here to break down the creative process into simple techniques that you can use to achieve your goals faster. The Passion PT philosophy is that everyone is creative and by developing and enhancing your creativity, you can improve how you work each day, nurture a hobby or side hustle or even use creative play as a wellness technique. So join me as I share inspiration, thought starters and tools to enhance and train your focus and expression a little bit more each day to achieve your best possible output. On today's episode, it's the second installment of my chat with Jericho Mandibur. She's the best-selling author, award-winning coach and the founding editorial director of Girlboss, the women's media empire. If you didn't catch last week's episode, it's a great place to hear about Jericho's career origin story and the path that led her to combine her passion for journalism with the passion for tarot and spiritual eclecticism. The reason why I wanted to check back in with Jericho is because so much time had passed since we last spoke. I think there was about six months between recording and posting the episode due to my own delays around rebranding my podcast, which meant that it was also a great opportunity to discuss the frustrations that all creatives have about balancing the demands of work and the callings of our passion. This time around, the episode is hot off the press. I spoke to Jericho while she was in hotel quarantine, having just arrived back to Australia after living and working in LA. Some of the topics that we discuss in the chat are the practical ways to be both ambitious and goal-oriented, while also avoiding overwork and burnout. How to structure your day for maximum productivity when you work for yourself. How to fit writing a book into an otherwise full working life how she developed her unique visual aesthetic and how Jericho works with clients as a coach and branding and editorial consultant. And for those of you who are considering working with a coach or consultant, we talk about the best time to seek out that sort of help. For more on Jericho, go to jerichomandibur.com or find her on Instagram. As per usual, I'll be linking that in the show notes. And you'll also find a link to the brand new danbrophy.com, which for the time being is just a landing page with an email sign-up option. But in the not-too-distant future, it'll be a fully-fledged blog and there'll be a page per episode of the podcast. And I'm looking forward to continuing to expand that. So I'll be shouting that out on this podcast in future. And in the meantime, please enjoy my chat with Jericho Mandibur, best-selling author, spiritual coach, consultant, coming to you straight out of a Novotel hotel while on quarantine somewhere in Sydney. Enjoy. I don't even want to acknowledge when it was because it's shameful just how much time there was between us to me recording that conversation and me posting it because I, it was so 
I, I was sitting on the conversation for so long because I personally was thinking, well, I know I'm going to rebrand. I know I'm going to do a new platform. I know I'm going to retitle the podcast. I know I'm going to do... So maybe I want to save this favorite interview for something that would be a good launch for a new season. Or, you know, it just felt like it was too good just mm. to put it out with the previous branding. But then the terrible thing was life and work and client priorities and all these things got in the way to the point at which I was yeah. going... This is now a six-month-old interview, and Jericho's, <laughs> Jericho's not even in the country anymore. I've been in exactly the same boat, though. Time just flies, you know, and it's just one of those things that, like, you kind of turn around and you're like, oh, crap, and especially when you, we have all these external factors now with, like, COVID and all these huge things that I think at least personally, you know, things have changed so dramatically in such a short window of time. Like, who could have predicted? And also, all bets are off. The great thing about being a little bit crap like me is that you can ultimately go, <laughs> look, guys, it's it's corona time. It's crazy. All bets are off. Who knows what's happening? Absolutely. It's yeah, the, I love the, it. It's the ultimate dog ate my homework. Get out of jail. Yeah, it is. It is. No, but I love you sharing that because I just think that that's the stuff that I want to hear about, you know, it's just like how it is to actually like make a podcast, you know, everyone's trying, I mean, in every aspect of, of creative people's work, everyone's trying to be polished this and packaged that. And, you know, you're so authentic and you're just like talking about the process as you go. And that's like, you know, the magic that like you're sharing with people that is really inspiring more so, or at least equally as much as the final outcome of whatever it is you know i love that it's so refreshing it's important and i I, for me i'm almost i observe myself living the process just a mere couple of steps ahead of what i'm reporting on so i'm experiencing all of these processes and going that's useful for a creative person that's a common pitfall you know Mm -hmm. for me right now i'm i'm all of the ideas that i'm exploring personally are, are all around it's just how do you structure a, a, a life to be able to do the money stuff, do the passion stuff, do the self-care mm-hmm. stuff, do the... We were talking about last time we even mentioned, you know, you can usually choose two out of three. You can either have, have a, a great job, a great side hustle, and a great... And, and, or, but if you want a great relationship, you're going to have to give up one of those things. Mm-hmm. So sorry about it. But, but this is a nice little segue into where we find you right now. Just for those who haven't been following you on Instagram, (laughs) where are you right now? (laughs) So I am in my mandatory quarantine hotel um, in Sydney, Australia, because when you arrive from America, in my case, you have to be in a room for 14 days and people will drop off food at your door three times a day. And it's all very intense, but I can't say I'm not grateful for something that's operating like such a well-oiled machine, um, unlike where I've been, which is just the opposite. So um, I'm grateful. It's a bit boring, but it's honestly, you know, fine like the time's gone really quick for me um I've occupied myself with like a lot of you know work stuff and just like leisure stuff watching movies um the only like kind of real downside is because of the small amount of space you don't get a lot of like physical you know you can't really um exert your energy in the same way that you normally would and so that I think that that's what makes it feel like you're a bit like a pacing 
tiger or something. You know, I've worked the same amount. Um, so that's been like the majority of my day, but I've gotten up um, a lot earlier because of the jet lag. So that's meant that I've done a bit of like um, meditation and qigong and like just, you know, stuff that feels good in the morning. So I've kind of liked that new routine because I, I usually get up at like seven, but right now it's more like five or six. Um, and I think I've also just done things in a slower way, you know, like a more intentional kind of way. Um, like when I get my, um, meals dropped off, I'll really just like mosey through eating them. Um, like I've kind of just like slowed down how I do things. Cause normally I'm kind of like, Oh, what's next? What's next? And like, I can be a little bit rushy. So I'm trying to just be more mindful. And then, um, I don't really watch that much TV um, and I love movies, but I don't really watch that many movies as well, to be honest, like in the last few years, like ever um, now that you can't go to the actual cinema. So I've been watching some, um, you know, Netflix movies and things that I've been meaning to catch up on um, and just kind of finding joy in having dinner, having a really nice long bath and then just like watching something in bed. What's up? For those who don't know, what's Qigong? Oh, yeah. So um, it's an internal martial art. So similar to Tai Chi, um, except there's not quite as much of a formulaic movement um, structure. Like there's, you know, uh, breathing practices and, and postures, but um, Tai Chi is, is more dynamic, I guess. Um, whereas Qigong is more kind of just like a you know, like a standing meditation where you might, um, you know, hold a pose for longer. So it kind of just looks like you're maybe standing there, you know, with your knees bent or something, but you're actually kind of, it feels, you know, really dynamic in its own way. Um, but yeah, similar thing. It's practiced by a lot of um, Taoist and Buddhist traditions. I, I was listening back to our uh, chat again, and that's why I thought it would be great to check in with you because not only has so much time passed, but we touched on some really interesting things that were so woven into life when we were speaking nine months ago, six months ago, in terms of self-care needing to be so front of mind so as not to be overwhelmed by just how demanding our lives were at that time. Mm -hmm. And you, just, you spoke about a previous time when you were... Uh, when you'd learned from a few key burnouts, even as many as two or mm -hmm. three, that you had to really be wary of your self-care processes, but migraines were still a thing for you. How has mm -hmm. that process been since the general pace of the world has changed? Do you find are you still having to manage those those things? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think what I've done, to be perfectly honest, is... Um, I've carved out more time for myself. I've, you know, let go of certain like quite time consuming like work projects. Um, so I'm more self-employed now. Um, and so that should have kind of naturally resolved it. But instead, I just, you know, transferred that kind of uh, adrenaline, you know, or like hyper focused attention that work expected of me and put it into uh, like just 
staying on top of the news. You know, when COVID first happened, it was like, oh, it's, you know, it's almost like it becomes like another job. It's like, oh, I have to, I have to keep on top of everything and just, you know, like coping your way through those like spikes in, um, in, you know, just stress and in your nervous system. So it re- it took me the first couple of weeks to really like realize what was going on and like come back down to, you know, an equilibrium. And now it's just kind of, I mean, it's always there, like that risk is there, but it's kind of just like a, a question of like discipline and focus, you know, um, and okay, you know, I could sit around and do nothing today or like I could actually look at all the stuff that I have or the burning things that I have to do and really like focus so it kind of feels more like being self-employed it's more like um like when you're at uni and you've got this self-directed kind of like study life and there's all these expectations but because you're not really answerable to anyone um you can slack off a lot (laughs) and so then you're like okay like how do I manage my own time? I don't have the excuse of work anymore. Like for so long, I realized that I was um, not doing things because I was so busy. I was so tired. I was so busy. I was so tired. And then when you like remove other people like and work and like the oppressive like employer thing from the equation, you realize you're still not using your time well. And then you're like, oh, it's me. Like I'm the common denominator here. <laughs> So um, it's like the yeah, it's, it's like the third or fourth failed relationship where the same thing went wrong and you think, yes. oh, it's not them. Oh, here I was just thinking it was them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a pattern here with my name on it. Yeah, totally. So I've kind of just um, been reconsidering like what time really is and what's stopping me and how I can best, you know, uh, organize my day and also look after myself really well because you know when you work you're kind of like oh well you know this is just how it is like I'm busy I'm in meetings all day I don't have time for lunch da 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 but again when you're kind of like at home all day you're like oh I haven't drunk enough water I haven't gone for a walk I could have nothing was stopping me except me um so it's really made clear to me the things that I'm doing right and just wrong you know and so it's like kind of um being re like it's like starting from scratch again in a lot of ways you know even though I've always done things on the side having no excuse you know um of like a full-time job is confronting but in the best way you know it's really good I was well I wanted to ask you whether uh it's a double-edged sword to be as because I imagine you don't get to be to have the the notches on your CV like you do without having been really driven and really determined and really, you know, um, and having having goals, having ambitions, having things that you are constantly aspiring to and striving towards. And you don't get to achieve things without having that in the first place. But then the double-edged sword is that you then have to not be at the mercy of that never-ending drive to have been overwhelmed yeah. by it. And and so, mm-hmm. how you know, you... Have you, do you think that you found a way to balance wanting to achieve things with wanting to take care of yourself? And, and it kind of plays into my, another question, which is how do you design a day to be both successful mm-hmm. and effective, yet not mm-hmm. at the mercy of a 
ever demanding mind saying, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. For sure. Do you, are you familiar with human design a little bit? No. Oh, okay. So human design is like a typology system and you can find out what type you are and it's really interesting. Um, the type I am is a manifesting generator. And so the, the problem there is there's like all these ideas and like things you want to action. Um, and you don't really like have the time or the focus to do any of them particularly well unless you like cultivate some real like uh I think just being able to prioritize really well and um one thing that I've tried to kind of consider I don't know if I talked to you about this um in our last chat but like using my like out of work time with the seriousness of my work time and treating it like, okay, like what are my priorities? Like, can I like do, um, you know, I, what, I don't know what those four quadrants are called. There's like a matrix. It's like somebody's matrix where, you know, it's like, can I delegate that to like, can I just push that completely down the road? Can I do that? Maybe like tomorrow is this stuff, the stuff that I have to do today. And just like, sorting out that so it doesn't feel like this overwhelming fog um and yeah I just try and I just try and do that like daily and weekly and monthly so that I can be like okay yes I have all this stuff but if I just don't um be really ruthless with like what my day looks like today then that's nothing's gonna get done and I won't have even one win you know so I may as well just like (laughs) set my schedule to be like okay this is today stuff and I'm not going to think about tomorrow and I kind of have to because it's like an ADHD thing you know that there's this thing that um they talk about with ADHD that's called like um object perception so it's like if um your car keys aren't directly in front of you and so you can see them with your eyes you will forget they're there and so it's almost the same with like concepts it's like I my biggest problem and like stress is feeling overwhelmed with how much I have to do like abstractly but I can't even keep really any tabs on what those things are if I don't like really organize them and push what I need to push and then just be like okay this is like today and take that as seriously as if like my boss was telling me like this is your you know stuff for today and I want this done today um and yeah that's why I kind of try and schedule it in my calendar and just like don't get up until it's done and then of course like day by day I'll have things where I'll be like okay maybe i actually prioritize this completely wrong and backwards and then I have to like you know reconsider it all over again um but just to be able to sit down and be like okay this is my list and I'm not going to be intimidated by the massive task at hand you know um because I do have so much ambition and I do have I'm constantly just like looking way too many yards forward um so if I'm like okay you know I'm going to do some tarot reading today I have one article to write today I have to send that email today um it's the only way to reel me in otherwise I'll spend all day daydreaming and future tripping around all these like amazing things that I want to do and like want to manifest and um it's just like shooting yourself in the foot like it can feel like planning but it's not (laughs) 
How did you, so are you a, a, a grown up who has been aware of a ADHD mind pattern since childhood? Or are you an adult who's come to that realization of like, oh, I might need to be wary of my attention as a, in, in the adult space? Because I'm actually questioning this for myself at the moment, going, do, right. I, have AD, do I have ADD? Why can't I focus <laughs> yeah. my attention? What, you know, why is it so hard for me to sometimes just do the simplest of things that are obviously yep. to my benefit. Um, totally. Yep. Yeah. It's like um, something that I didn't figure out until really late. So I think I was like uh, towards the end of university. Um, so like mid twenties and I, saw, I was seeing a, um, a psychiatrist who was also kind of working as a psychotherapist. So he was a little bit, um, integrated in you know his approach and so he was um talking to me for like two years before he was like oh like you have ADHD and I was like uh um okay and I didn't really understand that I I wouldn't have known that I would have because there's this stereotype you know where you're like oh but I'm not like bouncing off the walls (laughs) um and yeah, it was only when he really, like, kind of talked to me about how people, you know, we're all socialized differently. Um, and there's also the fact that there's, like, a hyperactive kind of ADHD and then just an inattentive kind where it's more like just space cadet. And that was what I was working <laughs> with. And it really all made sense. I was like, oh, wow, like, I'm not just um, lazy or I, I'm not just, like, really bad at concentrating. I actually you know, like have learning like issues and reasons. And it it totally made sense looking back because maybe you can relate to this as well. Um, But I was really bad at school up until the last two years where you can choose all your subjects. So at my school, um, it was like you didn't have to do any sciences. You didn't have to do any maths from the age of 16 onwards. And once I got to choose my subjects, which were all like the humanities and, and creative subjects, I actually did really well. And like people were legit shocked because I was in like, you know, the um, the lowest like mer- remedial level maths class. And I was always, even in English and stuff, I wasn't very good because I was always just um, chatting and, you know, getting into trouble, or looking out the window, never did homework once my entire life. Um, so thankfully, you know, I realized that if I was interested in something, I could learn it. (laughs) I could actually like soak in information, but that interest like has, has to be there. Um, so yeah, I think looking back, that's probably why. Um, but yeah, you know, when he was like talking to me about my day and my life and how I'm kind of, how I was functioning at that point, um, I was like, I'll forget to shower or like, I'll forget to go to the bathroom even when I need to until like the last minute when I'm about to pee my pants, you know, like what is going on? And um, it's just, it's wild that we, we all know about these like names and, and issues that people have, but you don't really think like that that's you because you've already got this idea of yourself set up where you're like, oh, I'm someone who doesn't concentrate well. Or, oh, you know, let in my case, like, oh, I'm just really lazy, you know? And then it's only when you kind of are in your, like, 20s or 30s or whatever um, that you realise that that's also just, uh, you know, the debris of the way that 
people have thought about us or that we've thought about ourselves. Yeah, mine's come from a, 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 it's so easy to not observe that you have distraction patterns when you're very, very busy because a really, really busy Mm. life runs at such a frenetic pace that it almost suits having very short attention spans. It does. And the, and people like you will will find those lifestyles and those careers because it does suit like that level of adrenaline like and and even ambition you know like industries like ours like I think that there's a reason that those people are drawn to that kind of work right absolutely I, I've had more than one boss throughout time going your level your what it has described to me your sense of urgency is a little bit too high I can see that you really want to. <laughs> You know what you're asking for and what you want is great but you know the, you just need to lose the sense of urgency about it and then we can you know because it and i think only once i stopped prioritizing busy as a value that i think is really great or to be mm-hmm. able to say oh i'm so busy how's everything oh, god i'm so busy and then being busy becomes this badge of honor that if you're busy you're doing something right therefore you're winning and once i went okay well i want to actually challenge busy to be effective and to not feel like I'm so busy all the time. And only once I started to slow down and really started to do more meditation, started to really try and plan my day, was I actually able to observe how ineffective I was being, even though I was applying all of this new structure to how I was working to try to maximize my efficiency. And so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually in the process of going, well, what is it? It can't be, because now I'm actually trying and now I'm, try, I'm using tools that are, I think are, should be guiding me towards a more concentrated, sustained level of focus. And now I'm mm. observing just how hard that is for me. And, and I'm thinking, well, I'll just keep practicing this to see if this works. And now I'm thinking, okay, I might need to go and speak to someone about it just to see <laughs> if, if I'm missing something or I'm not doing, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not understanding how, I'm work, how I work best so as to yeah. find the system mm-hmm. and the structure. Totally. Yeah. It's so worth, it's so worth looking into because even if it is just like you say, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm yet to find the perfect kind of like homeostasis level where I actually work best. Um, then that's like, it's always, it's all information, you know? Um, so I, I love talking about this stuff because I think that we like our, yeah, like you say, like with busyness and similarly with, productivity and similarly with like multitasking and like all these ideas we're all told that like that is going to equal like success like if you want to like go to like some destination you've got to hustle (laughs) and it's just I mean it's like it's almost like a conspiracy like who put all those ideas in our heads like that is the opposite is like more truer than that is like that is just an that's not going to do anything but like um you know exhaust a generation to the point of being completely ineffectual and changing the world in any way you know and, and it's if really we can, scary when you think about it yeah if we, but i also go you know what if, if we're following a belief that we can create the world that we want to create and we can have whatever we want we just need to you know find ways to to create our own realities well i want to create a reality in which I'm able to be completely true to my passion and my drive and my dedication to the type of work that I want to do and the change that I want to see. But I also don't want it to be at the mercy of my well-being, and I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Ha- I don't want to compromise, uh, 
my sense of joy or the way in which I can be with my partner at the end of the day because I'm so yeah. <laughs> depleted. I don't want to give up those things in favor of, yeah. um, you know, the other medals of life that we get really excited about. So I'm just yeah. thinking, well, you, I believe that you should be able to do it all. And I'm looking to nail the structure and the lifestyle that would facilitate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally, mm. totally. And it's just such a, um, uh, it's an elusive thing because it's, we, we haven't been taught it, you know, like nobody like gives us a guidebook. And so it's, especially when you're in a world that is quite rigid and doesn't, you know, encourage us to like find our own rhythm in that way. Um, it can feel like, you know, I talk to a lot of people that it kind of feels very, um, like they're quite despondent. Like they don't think it's possible. Like they'll kind of try maybe a little half and then they'll say, Oh, see, like that's proof that like, I can't do that. Um, and so I, I love, you know, like, you just having this mission in general because I think people just need to understand how much power like despite you know what the external world or what your boss or parents or whatever might be telling you you have so much more power to reorganize you know your life and like take the reins a little than you might think at first it doesn't mean it's going to be easy but are you going to not try you know just because like it's hard to juggle a side hustle and, and a full-time job for a couple of years, for example. And I also think, you know, I was able to be a full-time trash bag at various times in my life and actually be a party animal while at the same time holding down a career. So I'm like, I've got hours. Just, I've got hours to give, you know? I, I, if I can channel that same energy that I gave... Yeah. <laughs> nightlife that is so true yeah into into like things that actually give me you know nightlife gave me so much i don't want to begrudge it the the the, the way it's cultivated my spirit but i also go you know i, I can definitely i've got hours to give that i've given things that are much more frivolous than than these things that really mean so much to me right now mm-hmm. so I, yeah i believe mm-hmm. i believe totally. it can be done. i i wanted to totally um, uh, sorry, what were you sorry. Say? No, um, well, I- Oh, I was just like completely agreeing with you. You know, people are like so often um, will be like, oh, but, you know, I don't have any time. And it's just so, I mean, it's obvious stuff, but it's like, what does your screen report say at the end of the week? Because if it's like less than an hour, then great. But I, I doubt it, you know, because I don't use my phone that much and it all really adds up to the point where I'm like left a little bit shocked at the end of the week. So yeah, it's just like, what's important to you? Like, what are you willing to sacrifice so that you can like expend that energy in different places? Exactly. I, I also believe that in, in terms of the screen report, you know, being, being a black mirror to our soul, uh, we are able to, if you, what I'm, I'm excited about experimenting with more of and discovering is there are certain types of activities that you can give energy to that actually give you more energy in return. Just like going to the gym or exercising, you might take an hour out of your day, but actually three or four more hours in your day will feel energized as a result of having done Mm. that investment of your energy. You're getting a good return for your investment in that way. And I I believe that if if you were to take the hours that you're spending on liabilities, like those boring conversations with people you don't really 
get that much energy from or the TV shows that are just filling the space as opposed to truly giving you life or the activities and the processes that you could give yourself time for in terms of creative habits that, you know, it, it, these things take time, but actually they give time too. And I think, well, yes. if, if you yeah. were just to get a bit more savvy with experimenting with what you're investing your energy in so you can get a good return on your investment, that's how I think you actually have the big leaps in your capabilities. But in the meantime, you just mm. need to have to be committed to that period of taking time out of the, the liability space and putting it into the assets and investment space. Yep. Um, yeah. And I think what you're tapping into is really like, um, you know, like we all really want instant gratification. It's like that uh, you experiment with kids and it's like you ask a kid, like, do you want one Mars bar now or two Mars bars later? You know, and like a, a, a good amount of the kids will be like, one now just because they're hungry but it's like you know um we're all in it for the long haul you know i think and if you want to do anything that if you have a purpose then surely you don't want to get a couple of medals and then be completely burnt out for the rest of your life like it's a it's it has to be a sustainable um you know self-driving machine where like you say your energy can like it create a feedback loop so it's not just like a flash in the pan you know yeah it's it's great it's great to be able to sprint you know i imagine when you were i, I would love to touch on neo tarot because that's something that's happened since we last spoke which is the official release of that happened and i think when, when you've got a key project or something that you're like okay now i've now it's now or never for the next three months i'm dedicated and you can you can do those sprints i feel like that's totally fun and excusable and really nice mm -hmm. to be like all right let's roll up our sleeves and just see what we're capable of doing because it's now or never i've got to do it and i think that that's a fun thing to experiment with but you can't design a lifestyle around what sprinting looks like yeah yeah sprinting works because you stop after a short while <laughs> and like you know rest <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, so tell me about that process because since we last spoke, a few fun things have happened, but one of them is Neo Tarot came out and I actually got given it for my birthday by someone that didn't even know that we were hadn't recorded a chat and, and sort of had made that connection in that way. And so it came to me in you know the loveliest possible way. But uh, I love it. I love that it is, it is so anchored to a, a pragmatic, practical tool because I've sometimes see, I've had tarot decks in the past where I've used them and either sometimes bad news is so hard to take and difficult truths are really grim and it makes me go I'm not I don't want I'm gonna shelve that that kit that deck because it just makes me feel grim every time I use it but but even pulling the same card from your deck positions the information in a way that tells you how to which self-care tools to utilize when you receive that information or how to best work with it in a really positive affirm affirming way so have have what's the the, the feedback been like and and how is the process of, of publishing being a, a a bona fide published author oh yeah it's the feedback's been really good um people i think do appreciate like the kind of pragmatic like self-care um examples that are in there and um they're always like oh how did you think of like this specific thing for this specific card and to be honest like you know they're there it was an intuitive process for me um 
but it's not like, you know, I have every self-care strategy memorized for those particular cards. It changes, you know, so depending on the context of the reading, the same card might, you might decide that there's um, two different, you know, things that you can try, um, just depending. But yeah, I think that I just wanted it to feel like um, more not just more inspiring, but just a little more like, um, this is about doing something like, this isn't just like, oh, let's like think about, um, you know, my future and do some fortune telling as if, you know, we're in this like fate driven universe. Cause that's just not like what I believe, you know, like I believe in people looking forward, asking the right questions, taking the right next steps, you know, and having an action orientated like approach towards, change um so I just kind of like wrote it from that place organically and I think that because people have this certain like association with tarot where it's quite passive you know um that it was refreshing which was really nice to hear yeah, yeah because traditionally the 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 take on it that, that I was observing in the past was whatever comes up that's sorry about it it's set in stone that's your yeah fate. that's happening yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Absolutely, it's, yeah. It, it is actually uh, phenomenal when you start to look at it like a, an ever-evolving... You're holding up a mirror to whatever's meaningful for you at that time, and that's why I like even the, the actionable steps, because if there are more than one presented, some of them are going to resonate in a way that others don't. And often, mm-hmm. with every card you pull, you get, you get potential things that you can do to self-care, and some the days that I really need that thing, I'm definitely going to do it, and the days that I... It's just nice to go. Oh, that 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 could be good for me if I if I really need it later on today. So I'm going to mm. you know, keep it on, keep yeah. it there as an option. Um, did you when you were doing that for though? Because I think it's really exciting for people who a lot of people have a dream to release an album, write a book. You know, there's just things that people think wouldn't be wouldn't it be wonderful to be able to do that? And we, when you decided that you were committed to the the, the challenge of 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 doing this thing was that something that had been gradually in the back of your mind for long enough that when you had a life that permitted an extra challenge like writing and publishing that you took it on then or did you just were you so desperate to do it that you just by hook or by crook found ways to slip that into your your schedule Mm. yeah I always had it in the back of my mind um because I would always think like I'd really like to write a tarot book one day you know I have this particular kind of approach that I think is really interesting um and just by virtue of being a writer you know I just thought that that would be um, a more effective way for me to share um what I love about tarot rather than say um workshops you know or something that like I'm not really familiar with um so when um the opportunity presented itself, I was just like, oh, okay, it's now, you know? And so I just had to make it work and fit it in. And luckily, tarot is so, um, you know, (laughs) hyper-structured that it's not like writing a novel where you're just, like, staring at a blank page. Like, it was much more just like, okay, um, like, I I mapped out, like, okay, every card is going to be, like, I think it was, like, you know, 350 words or something, 
which means it's going to take like this many thousands of words. And I put it all on paper and I wrote out every single like 78 cards and then like the intro sections. Um, and so I had it all in front of me. And so every day I'd be like, I don't have to write like a book right now. I just have to do like a really strong 350 words on this particular card. And it just made it so much less intimidating. And it meant that I could spend, whether it was like a whole day or a whole week, like with that particular card, not thinking about, you know, anything else and just like going in deep with like, you know, me just intuitively writing about it, researching the history of it, like just feeling into it. Um, and then I would be like, okay, check, you know, and then I just move on to another one. And I didn't have to do them in any particular order. I think though, to be honest, I did probably about 90% of it in order because I, I think that's just how my brain, um, was more motivated to do it because then I could create this list of like, all the ones that I'd crossed off and it felt really systematic and good to be like, Oh, I'm halfway. And, but I did jump around a little bit on the days that I just like needed to. Um, but that helped so much since then I I've done, um, this other book, which is like an Oracle, um, like bibliomancy book where you ask a question and flip to a random page for an answer. <laughs> um, and so obviously that's like, quite short on words because they're just like pithy little answers. Um, but that was also not intimidating as well because I was like, okay, I have this many pages. I'm going to do this many answers. And it was also kind of systematic. So I feel really lucky because I just think it would have been a totally different, like triggering experience if I had to, um, you know, write a book that didn't have this like pre-existing, um, like granular style, like little containers in which to work. So it was a really good place to start. And now I feel a bit more confident and I'm like, okay, like I could definitely, you know, do something really much more like expansive. Um, but because of that structure, it was so much easier to fit it into my life. You know, I could like wake up early and say, okay, I'm going to do one card or I'm going to just do like a hundred great words or whatever. Um, and similarly, like on the weekend at night, and I could just carve out that time while working super hard full time in a way that didn't feel like I, um, was going to procrastinate the whole thing. Like it was much less of a risk of procrastination because it wasn't so scary, you know? Yeah. That's a really great way to do it actually. Cause if you, if you make a big task really bite size, it does allow you to, and you just commit to a really small part of it you can and set the bar at a level that is actually re really effortless to do you think i can i can write 350 words that's like you know that's fine or even just you know today i've got I have, i've got less time i'll do 100 or you know i think it's just mm -hmm. nice to be able to to set yourself really manageable tasks i'm, I'm always yeah. reminded about music producer this guy rick rubin who i love he's super sage and he just makes amazing he's a producer for so many artists from like Chili Peppers to the gossip to you know LL Cool J and he sometimes worked with artists who've had huge successes for their first album and they go to record their second album and they're completely stumped and they are so overwhelmed by writer's block and he'll set them homework like okay between now and the next time you we meet you have to write a sentence can you you don't you have to write a song just write a sentence and that will be what we yeah. work with next week. And if you just set your bar so low that you can't help but achieve it, you can slowly trick yourself into feeling that sense of confidence that you've, you've got it. And it's, 
totally doable and yes. you know it's it's fine uh i also love um since also another thing we spoke we uh, discussed last well we didn't discuss last time but it's happened since we've spoken was beyond belief your your podcast um it's so beautifully produced how how did you well first of all where did the idea come from to do it but then how did you make something that just sounds so polished and lovely and Oh, thank you. I so can't take credit for like the production. Um, it's there's two really amazing um, women actually, Liz and Edie. So um, I work with Wonder Media Network, who are in New York, and um, I. So I was going to bring back self service, um, but then I realized I would have to license it because I didn't have the IP. And I was like, oh, like, I guess that's fine. But then I also realized, you know, there would be two feeds for the same show. And it just got a bit confusing. And I was like, I think I just need to, like, do a totally different show. So once I realized that, um, I, I was just introduced to Jenny, who's one of the co-founders of WMN. And she was really lovely and really excited to hear from me. Um, and... I was like, okay, what is this then? Like, what am I going to do a show about? And I didn't really know for a while. Um, but then I kind of was like, let's just talk about, you know, let's just find people with like interesting, like marginal or like strange um, spiritual beliefs and talk about them. Cause like, I'm so curious about that stuff. I'm going to be Googling it anyway. We may as well like just make that the show. Um, and so, yeah, they were they were super excited for it, and they, um, you know, assigned me to Liz. And so um, we meet every week, and we talk about um, the themes and the sound and everything. And I don't know, she's just like an editing genius, you know. Um, like the sound bites that you hear that are like random um, voices, like. I'll find that stuff in my research of the topic. So I'll be like, oh, look at this YouTube. And like, I send her fun things. And she's just so good at like layering it all. And I hear it and I'm, I'm so impressed. I'm like, whose show is this? It's so profesh. Couldn't be me. Yeah, that's so a wonderful it's been really thing about, fun. about teaming up with someone who has a, a special skill like that. Because some people are just ta very talented producers or editors that are just looking for the material to work with for them to do their magical skill and if you bring yeah. them a concept and a show and a presenter and a you know a, a, a body of work that just needs great production or needs a really talented editor uh it's a it does every everyone a, um, an act of service because it gives everyone a chance to do the thing that they love to do that they need the, the right. missing pieces of the puzzle in order to do it uh it's it's lovely and it it's do you think that there is a so so was the impulse to start expressing yourself in that podcast space did that come first and then you thought okay what is the, the the theme that i could explore through that as a result of having met the people who you wanted to collaborate with is that the order that things happened mm, i think mm, i've never really thought about that i think what it was was um it started as like, I miss self-service and like, I'm going to bring it back. Um, and then it evolved to like, oh, I actually think that this could be something that's a little bit more rigorous and like a bit more um, like a historical kind of perspective rather than just like a pure talk show. Um, 
and and they were just happy to hear my ideas. So I was so lucky that they had previously heard self-service and they were just trusting. So um, I brought them like Beyond Belief as a concept and they were like, great, you know, because they were already going to, they decided they were going to do something with me and we just didn't know what. So, um, yeah, they were excited. And I think like, you know, just in terms of like working with someone like Liz, like it was cool for her because, um, you know, most of the work that she does on their other shows like as a network they're quite um most of their content is political and so um it was like a really fun concept for her where she could like be really creative in these ways that she um and and also just you know be in this world where like she's also talking to these um like really interesting spiritual thinkers and and leaders and and academics and all that kind of stuff um so yeah, it was just kind of like the perfect um, colliding, you know, of things that happened at the same time. We were like, where we kind of realized like, oh, this is actually like, this is really good and it's going to be really fun. And it felt quite easy and natural. So that was a really good sign. And now we're kind of um, thinking about season two. We have a bunch of bonus episodes to release to tie us over, which we haven't done yet. Um, but now it's kind of like okay like this has been really fun but like how can we make it like more fun but also easier you know um like what's like you know on a really super practical level for me it's like how much bandwidth do I have like is it the same is it like that the format needs to be tweaked so it can feel more organic and less polished because while you know the music and everything is awesome being polished I often just feel like I'm reading off of like um, a research document (laughs) so um, I think I'd like to I would personally like to um, see like more dynamic and just like casual conversation um, and less like uh, preparation and that would help me in terms of time but also I think make it a bit more um, like fun and and random and like a talk show you know hopefully that's like a a good one. (laughs) I I would say that that is a very effective way to move in that direction because when I'm chatting with people often I'll know enough about them to know that I think there'll be some real value or gold in having a chat but I won't I'll specifically choose to not find out that much because that's the conversation that I that's the journey that I want the listener to go on so me just asking questions from the perspective of someone who is interested and wants to know more allows the conversation to flow in a really interesting way that is quite organic and very palatable for the person who's listening as opposed to what mm-hmm. I've done when I interview people that I know really well, where I almost, it's actually harder for me to take people on the journey of discovery because I know it all already. And I'm like, oh, tell, tell that yeah. story where you did that thing that was totally typifying how you work. But actually it's great to, yeah. in, to be curious and investigate it in a, in a more organic way. Um, I uh, was wondering about the, one thing I've observed with your so I want to talk about your consulting because you're back in Australia and this is a new tangent of your career life, which I think is so so uh, practically relevant to everyone's life right now. But just before we do, I want to find out about... I love the way your content looks from the way that Neo Tarot has a certain aesthetic to it from when you share information on Instagram. It's, it's with, it feels like a, a magazine that I want to read. If that was available on newsstands, it's... Oh. it's, it's it's really gorgeous and cool and fun and simple and there's 
it's, I love the high-low aesthetic of something that is meaty information presented in a really pop, fun, palatable way. That, that to me is the best things in life come in those packages. And so well, how do you fill your well with inspiration to know what you like and to gather the, the, the ideas that then fuel your specific visual language? Oh, thank you for saying that. I've ne- no one's ever really commented on that before. So I often wonder how it comes across because, you know, like we do live in this world where um, everything needs to have like this kind of overly consistent, you know, branded thing. Um, and I don't really, you know, have that. So that's nice. Um, but honestly, I think it's just like when, like I don't really go actively searching for anything um but when I see something that like feels nostalgic or just really cool like there's something about it and I think nostalgic is the best word because um it feels really closely connected with like my inner child and a lot of it's kind of slightly dated in like a way that I like um so when I do see that kind of stuff I'll um you know, just like screenshot it or, or save it. Um, and I guess like that's as far as I think about it, to be honest, like there's definitely some through lines. Like I know what I like when I see it. Um, but I can't, I could never be like, Oh, it's this kind of thing, you know, cause it does, it does vary a lot, but, um, there's like particular kind of, um, I guess like patterns of like, the same kind of colors or the same kind of um you know like I like roses a lot for example like stuff like that but um yeah I think it's just like that I've always um been really I think I've when I was like younger I um put a lot of emphasis on me and my like I you know and my taste as um being super unique and like that being a point of pride and um so I've always just tried to um like just listen to my gut in those ways and you know like um and it's kind of I think it's probably like my mom to be honest because she was always like a kind of like a um crazy art teacher like type of person in terms of dressing and taste and everything and I didn't have like a lot of friends and so it it never like concerned me to be like oh I'm gonna be the really colorful like op shop person or I'm gonna be the really goth person depending on my face um there was no consequences because I was already completely on the outside so therefore it became a really joyous like expression you know thing and so I've always not given it too much thought but tried to just like really do it from that place um and let that be like why it's fun you know um but I'm glad that it feels like something to you as well because I want I guess I want people to feel creative and like fun you know like they're having fun and they're empowered and they're also getting like substantial you know interesting information from me um but it doesn't have to be so fucking serious you know like Instagram can be so serious um, and it can just be like a real downer and like an oppressive thing where like, you know, there's like, oh, you have to do things in like this particular way or whatever. And um, I'm really drawn to people that it's very obvious that there's no system. There's no, you know, um, 
they haven't given it this forethought that for me points to maybe a a level of insecurity, you know? So I think it's just much more fun to, to do it on impulse, really, and not give it a second thought. Absolutely. I am fine. So similar, but I, I'm also intrigued because I get hooked on certain themes or patterns or color schemes that I find if I'm into it in a visual design, in a digital design space, often it'll manifest in what I'm wearing or what my physical space looks like. Do you see uh, things popping up in other parts of your life based on the choices you're making <laughs> digitally? Yeah, I kind of do. I do. But like, I can also separate it really well. Um, so like one example is like the the majority of my clothes are black and like I've always been black and I've been kind of, you know, gothy in one way or another my whole life. But you probably wouldn't like think that about me from looking at like my Instagram because it's so colorful. Um, but over the last like few years, the more that I've just been like color is really important to me, like vibrancy and expressing that is more something that I do more often. Um, there's been this like leak that's happened where I can see my wardrobe. It's like, you know, suddenly like out of nowhere, I have like a pair of fluoro green pants and like a rainbow tie dyed top, like stuff that I would never have worn before. Um, so I think I'm kind of, uh, blurring, you know, things in a way that's obviously just kind of fun and natural, but I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why, but it's, I feel like I'm actually quite good at segregating parts of my life. So it's like, yeah, I, I dress a certain way and like I have things around me that have like a certain aspiring, like aesthetic quality. And then I have my, you know, online kind of thing. And it's okay that they're totally different. Um, but they're also kind of similar. And I don't know, like you've probably not to get like too specific because it's probably just sounds self-indulgent or something, but um, like, so I feel like sometimes, you know, my online presence is like super nineties and, and poppy, but then other times it's also very, um, I don't know, like Victorian, you know, riot girl, like Courtney love, like it's, it can vary a lot. Um, and that's kind of like, you know, me in my life, like I have some clothes that are really, um, uh, grungy and then some clothes that are really like futurist and I just kind of let it be um but the consistent theme is that there's a lot of like black in my life and there's not really any online so that's weird and I don't really know what that says but yeah that's kind of how it's always been yeah mine I'm in a very similar boat but I just put mine down to the fact that I'm from Melbourne and everything is just black yeah. that you wear and it's just <laughs> effortless and you always look somewhat smart because then things just go and you also don't have to worry about separating your your things when you wash them you can just, they're all of the right. same color. <laughs> it's a it's a convenient lifestyle yeah I agree uh, so when you so when we last chatted, you were working for Miss Grass in the states, and you were and that to me was interesting because it was a clever way that I thought you had found a day job that allowed you to work. There was some beautiful themes that crossed over to your passion project world in terms of self care, and and it was uh, speaking to femmes and women and people who were also a little bit alternative because you know even just that exciting new world of of marijuana is medicinal marijuana is so. Uh, it feels alt and punk at the moment, mm. but it's going to be so commonplace yeah. in a few years' time. Um, yeah. And so I'm assuming that are you still working in a job in the States but from Australia now? And what does career life no. look like now? 
Yeah. Um, no, I'm not. I, I'm still uh, like do I'm doing articles here and there for Miss Grass, but really just as a freelance writer. Um, but so I just I made the decision to leave Miss Grass because it was becoming clearer and you know, I kind of should have known because of the previous experience that I had. Like I started in this more kind of junior role, but they knew that I was capable of much more and I actually had more experience. And so um, as they grew, they were requiring, you know, a certain like um, level of like, not commitment, because I was a thousand percent committed um but they wanted me to grow with them and so I had already established my um three or four days a week situation and I wasn't really willing to go five days you know and um and I was so obsessed with them like I think they're amazing um but when they said like we really need this the this role to be a full-time role um I was like oh shit like am I going to like have the balls to turn this down and, and then completely have to do my own thing? Um, but yeah, I did. And, (laughs) and that meant that, um, so they were sponsoring me on an E3 visa. So that meant that I had to like apply for a new visa, which was an O1, um, which I applied for and the whole process took so long and it's actually still ongoing. Um, and it was good timing though. Like I, I took this scary leap. I said like, I love you so much, but like, no, I can't work full time at this point. And, um, and then I was offered like a, a writing project that would actually tie me over in a pretty, pretty much like three or four days a week capacity anyway. So I was like, oh, okay. Like this is actually great. Um, so I did that. And then that was the thing that um, kind of, was completely disrupted because of COVID. And so at that point I was like, oh, like I am doing tarot and coaching and um, that's great, but like it's not going to replace this three or four days a week of like well-paying writing work. So um, I didn't have any means to stay. I couldn't get another job because the, um, you know, not having a visa meant that I couldn't legally work um, and I couldn't stay and um, I couldn't afford to stay anyway. So I was just kind of like, wow, okay, well, suddenly I guess I'm going back to Australia and, um, you know, that was freaky, but I'm glad that I did because I'm, you know, setting up a a life here for myself career-wise, but also I feel like I'm preparing to, you know, welcome my partner Ari and and our dog in a few months down the line and um yeah the consulting um like offer came out of that and I wouldn't have probably done that otherwise so it felt like that was kind of um meant to be in a way so yeah that's how I got to where I am now which is really a lot but it's also yeah like um my biggest thing now is like how do I talk about it all? Because I think, you know, being a coach, it makes the most sense, but so many people know me as a tarot reader. Um, and so if I say I'm a coach, they'll be like, well, are you still doing tarot or are you not a writer or what are you a consultant now? And you don't do these other things anymore. Um, so I'm finding like the right 
umbrella to put them all under. But yeah, that's essentially it. There's like three branches of my business now where I'm doing the consulting, which is just all my editorial experience that I can put to good use. Um, and then coaching with people and um, tarot reading with people. So yeah. That is so fascinating and so so interesting for me to hear this right now because I'm trying to negotiate similarly this positioning through branding. But let's talk about how you are able to find... I mean, I, I also just to speak about where you've come from in terms of Miss Grass wrapping up, I just feel like now at this last couple of month or two, few months, it feels like all these rugs are being pulled so that we so that things are destabilized and they are so scary and it's the great unknown because we wouldn't otherwise leap into these spaces without having had the system or the the, the game being changed without us really mm-hmm. wanting it to but then i i feel i trust because similarly i've through COVID gone, oh, wow, all these clients that I was just, that were my bread and butter are now um, either putting things on hold or, you know, they're just, they're, things are just changing so uh, quickly. But in the back of my mind is a feeling of like, no, no, this is actually for the best. You won't know it just yet, but actually the where you need to go needs for this to happen. And I'm not basing that on any anything other than a little voice inside. <laughs> so I, yeah. I, I'm wondering for you now, that's so exciting. when. Uh, do you think that when people come to you for consultancy or for coaching that they're they're excited about the fact that you will be bringing this wealth of experience both in the practical editorial space and also the fact that you have a, a background in tarot? Do you think it's the combination of, or do people want you to park one thing when they're just interested in another? Yeah, it's actually everything combined. Like I tend to really... Um want to know you know like I'm quite curious and people kind of just say like you have this um spiritual approach that I really like you know they'll often consider themselves no matter how you know hardcore their career might be they'll consider themselves people that are intuitive or that want to cultivate those skills more in their life as a a way to you know step into their authentic self a bit more um but they also do value where I've been um and so when I say you know why me they kind of in one way or another will be like oh you know you just have like a certain quality and and you've done a lot that's impressive but you're also spiritual so it kind of feels like they're people like me and that they um they have ambition you know and there's like certain things that they really want to do um and like markers of success in one way or another that they have um but they also don't just want to go down that path and have that be the only thing because they, they've realised, m- many of them are at a crossroads in their life where they've realised that what they were doing up until, like, say, their early 30s typically isn't, like, the thing. It's just kind of the default thing. And so now they're like, well, I still have all these skills and I'm, like, this person and there's heaps of things that I want, but I also have to kind of, like, reset the match you know that i'm in of like how can i look after myself better how can i empower myself more um but like still really actively participate in um what they what their career can be and become next you know so in that way i think they're kind of people that see themselves in me because I have had all this kind of like career stuff but then I also have stuff that feels really um like hippy dippy and woo woo and um 
I think I'm, I'm att- attracting people without really intending to that are um, the same. They have these kind of dual like energies running through their life. And it's wonderful too. I mean, I, I, the, the, I thought about seeing a coach myself for years and years before going to Rainbow Serpent one year and, and doing a, mm. uh, a, a, a yoga class with a teacher who just, just acknowledged through the class like, oh, I'm also a sound healer guy, so I'm going to be bringing through some sounds while we do the, the yoga class and we'll sort of bring this beautiful sort of vibrational sound through a, a yoga class that took place at a 30,000 person rave in the bush so it was it couldn't have been more you know hippy dippy woo woo although i must say i don't i don't love the term woo i just like woo <laughs> and, yeah uh, <laughs> totally and i got on this guy's mailing list because i had had such a transformational experience in the class that i thought i want to go back and do more yoga classes with this guy and when, when the emails came around i saw that his business world was a very seemingly conservative looking professional business coaching practice and everything I'd experienced in the the yoga space was so far out that I was thinking great if I'm ever going to do business coaching I want it to be with someone that also sees even if they just know if I just know that this is a feather in their cap even if it doesn't work its way into how we're talking about business I feel like I'm in good hands because they would really understand more about the sort of life I want to cultivate than just, you know, good business practices. So maybe it's even just knowing that you have this other awareness that you're, you can't help but bring intuition and a wider scope to the table when you're talking to someone purely about their, their career stuff or their branding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. What do you feel uh, is your, when someone works with you in a consultancy capacity, what sort of things do you consult on? Oh yeah, it's been so interesting. Um, so many for many of them, they have a business, it's doing really well and they just need a little bit of help in like strengthening the messaging um, so that it can reach more people and it feels a bit clearer. You know, um, I think a lot of problems that people have in small business is like wanting to be everything to everyone or like reach the most amount of people because, you know, they just kind of instinctually think like the more the better rather than, you know, like having a really clear um, voice and image in their head of the kind of people that they need to reach. Um, So it's just kind of like, you know, copy tweaks, um, but, and then it can also be things like um, uh, there's been a couple of, ideas for children's books um and there's been quite a few people who have an idea for a business but they haven't really started yet and so they're kind of maybe second guessing like the um you know the approach or the niche or the audience or like something that relates to messaging again because it's like content and and copy focused um they also pretty much all across the board um and maybe it's actually me and how I framed what the consulting was but they all kind of implicitly are also coming because of some emotional block um around you know their self-image or their level of um confidence in their ideas and and you know imposter syndrome and all that stuff um so while they're coming for consulting more and more I'm, I'm kind of realizing that they're also um 
needing a bit of coaching like just as much if not even more you know because that's kind of the root of the the problem so um yeah that's just really interesting because I'm still in the early stages of consulting and so I'm kind of like okay like I think that this is good information that I can use to kind of inform like my coaching work but then also potentially tighten up my consulting work so that it's really clear that you know this is a very Uh, particular kind of strategic you know thing but if you want to talk to me about coaching as it relates to your business ideas and your feelings of worth and abundance and all these things that are so related that that's also there Um, but like I can't be like your um, business uh, coach because at least personally for me a business coach should be somebody that's successfully started run and possibly even sold a business, you know? Um, So it's like the mindset thing and then the actual like editorial copy, like brand strategies um, and make those kind of more distinct um, will be like the next step. But so far it's been incredible. And I really, I do really like jumping from, you know, a kind of an emotional conversation to a more strategic conversation. So there's really something beautiful about it being mixed in the way that it is. And it, and it will honestly continue to, because I'm from this experience, I'm realizing that all consulting is somewhat, you know, an emotional thing. Um, so it will always be to one extent or another, but right now I'm kind of, because I've kind of dived straight into it in my hotel quarantine phase. Um, I'm really just interested in like observing the patterns and, and what, these people have in common, you know, um, but they're all really inspiring. Like some of them, I'm like, I should just be paying you because this idea, this, or this business that you have, that's already so set up and successful is really inspiring, you know? And, um, it's kind of, it's, it's amazed me. And on like a personal level, it's, um, helped me, realize that you know I do have a lot to offer in this space I do have these work experiences and skills to give and I kind of for a while was just like no like I'm on this spiritual track and that's okay and like I don't necessarily want to bring in these other skills that I have and now I'm kind of realizing as you say like why wouldn't you because people want your you know multiplicity they want all of you because it all speaks to each other it's also a it's an it's a niche it's an untapped area the idea of being able to give someone a, a holistic approach to the business that you're taking into consideration these other the whole person as opposed to just the the the, the registered business is so uh, necessary and and unique and it feels it feels very now it feels very like that's the future of business is to integrate the psychology and the spiritual growth and the emotional journey of the practitioner because how could you not? You could otherwise mm. be funneling money into solving problems with the business. That And if the, the person driving the machine is fundamentally blocked or has all this work to do on themselves that isn't addressed or discussed, it's it's actually it's a false economy. You're not going to really address the the flow of the of the energy through the through the business i i really i love that there and there's also when you describe that way of working that to me sounds like so much fun and it's just the way that i love to communicate with people i think is that everyone's you know 
is that everyone's ideal life? Because that sounds like, you know, heaven to me in terms of just talking to people about things that, that they're so invested in, passionate about and turned on by, but also very willing to listen open-heartedly to, to yeah. you know, any ideas that you can bring through for them because it's so, you know, it's lovely also when, when, when someone comes to you with an open-hearted question or problem, it's lovely to even be observing the 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 guidance that you can give them that you're like oh i didn't even know i knew that and that's that's yeah. great advice thanks <laughs> thanks for wherever that came yeah. from and <laughs> that's just for you <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah it's re- it's really fun it's really fun and because um you know i've never done anything like that outside of a, a classic you know company you know work environment um I've only seen it done in that like very clinical way. And so being able to go deeper, it's just like, oh, this is like, there's so much here. Like I could just talk and talk all day with these people. Um, And the hour just flies by. So now I'm like, okay, like I need to think about how to give it the time and space to breathe, to be as deep and effective as it can be. I, I reckon that if we were to look back on this time from some place in the future, even like, you know, a couple of years ahead, I, I'm so sure that for so many people will say, wasn't it great that, that, that the, the rug got pulled and you really had to think about mm-hmm. I mean, I even love the fact that for you, a not negotiable was, no, no, I'm only going to work three days. If that is, that is a not negotiable for me. So that value is so intrinsic to me designing the lifestyle that I really believe in that you that you i think that that's how you design your life you have your not negotiables and then you have your things that that are nice to have that if you can make them work amazing and if not then keep it on the back burner for a future incantation but as long as you know what your what your structure is that you need to just to adhere to in order to function and be happy you're giving yourself the best chance to to design that lifestyle and to to end up Mm -hmm solving the riddle of okay what is the best use of my time on this planet because <laughs> you can that, yeah. and, and it will find you as long as you stick to those those boundaries that you really believe in i reckon yeah totally and that that is very true about this particular time in history um it's you know incredibly uh tragic and, and overwhelming in, in all the ways but um for those of us lucky enough to just kind of have the rug pulled under us and that be our biggest problem it's like wow i'm so grateful that i had that um test you know because it was like well okay am i going to practice what i preach and like prioritize my time and my own you know business or not am i just going to let it slip by you know so um like arundhati roy talked about the uh, pandemic as a rupture and I think that that's like really true on a personal level as well as on like a planetary level that there's this um, you know we're in an eye of the storm and we kind of have had a lot of the things taken away from us that maybe we realize they're not so important anymore you know like for example um, I have a client who has been in New York really you know busting their butt for a long time and um because of COVID, they're like realizing that New York isn't the epicenter of the world. You're not nobody if you don't live in New York. And actually maybe what's more important is being around um, family and loved ones and not burning out, you know? And, and I think we're all like questioning our values in a different way now because of all this. And so, um, yeah, like if not now, when, you know? 
it's yeah, it's a gift in some ways that we'll be only truly able to appreciate what it's gifted us when we're out of the eye of the storm. Uh, I well, we've I, this was going to be like a half an hour check in, but we're really <laughs> so. Let's. I want to wrap by saying or asking you when you when I check in with you in the future from this point onwards. Say, for example, we speak in a year's time again about you know where you're at. What is something that you would love to have been completed that is just a twinkle in your eye right now? I'm going to do a um, oracle deck. Um, and I just thought it would be because I did daily Oracle and I wanted to do a follow up um, Oracle that was more focused on pleasure, you know, like sensual, sexual, bodily, just like the concept of pleasure more specifically, because that's something I've been thinking about and, and going through so much more and in different and new ways. So, um, yeah, I talked to my publishers about it and I would prefer if it was um cards instead of a deck so I had kind of an um a, instead of a book sorry so I had an oracle deck so that's still just an idea right now but I think that that would be really cool and exciting um that will be um I guess a project that I actually like explore with seriousness in the next week or two while I'm still in quarantine and while I have this time to um really plan it out and, and see how it could work. So yeah, that's, that's the thing I'm going to pick. That's good because that is a nice, but you know what that looks like. It's a little bit less stress going into it because you've done a version of that before and you can focus on enhancing the parts of that process that were the most fun that you really want to mm. bring through. Would you work with the same amazing, how did you find that illustrator? Will you work with the same illustrator again? <sighs> well, um, no, I probably wouldn't um, just because I, I don't want people often, and this is maybe a stupid reason, but like, um, so I found her because, um, I just already followed her on Instagram and loved her illustrations. And then my publisher said, who would you want to illustrate it? And I had like a top three that a short list that I gave them. And she was number one, cause she was my top pick. And they asked her and she just said, yes. And I was just like, are you serious? Like Diana Ruiz is going to illustrate my tarot cards. Like I did not expect it because I was really just a fan. Um, so it just worked out really well, but yeah, people uh, will reference me with Neo Tarot in a way that I don't know if they think that I'm the artist or um, they just say it in a way where other people might think that I'm the artist, but I don't want to have this like association with Diana where I, where you know like I've got this stamp on her work um so and and also you know it's just interesting and fun to have different artists so with Daily Oracle I had um a tattooist who did like some little kind of like tattoo line drawings um so I think for me like everything I do should feel just different and um unique and the fact that I'm the same author behind it um is like it's there for people who are paying attention, but I'm not super into like feeling like books are a part of my brand. Cause I kind of feel like I'm just also the author, like I'm kind of just the messenger and I'm happy for it to be its own kind of um, like presence in the world. So I'm hoping that because it's Oracle cards and because they're about pleasure, maybe it could be someone who um, 
I have no idea who, but like somebody whose work is already kind of naturally focused on pleasure um, and just give them, you know, like a platform. So, yeah, that should be fun. Yeah, that's a lovely idea. Like, you know, it's like Madonna never rarely works with the same producer twice. You know, every ah. every chapter will have a different collaborator to give it its own unique feeling and experience. I think that's a beautiful... And what would Madonna do is what I ask in most situations. I love. love that question. Mm. Yeah, cool. Mm. Um, oh, Jericho, I love chatting to you. I would I would that it could be a more frequent occurrence. It's so fabulous. And I, I'm sorry you had to leave the US, but I'm so delighted that we get to have you in Australia. This is so wonderful. Thank you. I'm so delighted to be here. Um, spending a few years out of Australia just gave me this completely different and deeper level of appreciation for it um you know like nowhere is perfect but australia just has so much going for it and it's just such a beautiful inspiring place to live so i'm so happy to be back yeah and in the meantime while our lives are a little bit more sedentary there are worse places you can be you know you get to be so much more enmeshed with nature and an awareness of and space and just things that that we take for granted until you you know desperately need them um, but yeah yeah so but true thank you so much and my intention is to have this one out in no less than six days as opposed to six months well no rush so. <laughs> <laughs> you just take your sweet time and I know do that it when that it feels is, ready yeah that is the theme for now but i feel like there's something nicely nicely topical that would be good to follow up the last chat that we had with this in a you know in as the next published piece so that's but thank you for making the time to chat and i hope that your quarantine is continues to be you know fruitful and calming and lovely and yeah and when you when you get out when you're on the when you're on the outside um then you know let's 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 catch up let's have a coffee Let's have a coffee. Mm. Yeah, it would be so nice to meet you IRL, oh my God. so to speak. I've, I've never actually met you in real life. Isn't that funny? Just all... It's re- it's weird. Yeah, it's really yeah. weird. Um, so that'll be something to look forward to for sure. Love but that. yeah, thank you so much for having me and for, um, you know, just letting us have such like a winding and, and um, informal chat. It's really refreshing and nice just to, you know, feel like, you're not on a podcast, if you know what I mean. You're <laughs> totally. actually just like having a good chat. <laughs> yeah, it's the conversation I would otherwise have over over a coffee, but it's just it's recorded because often I'll have the conversation and think, oh, that was so interesting. We should have recorded it. So, you know, it's nice to for it to feel that way totally. But uh, thanks so much. Thank you.